Rosh Hashanah. Elul is a very special month because it is the beginning, or it's the month that precedes the month of Tishrei, which is the month that all of the high holidays fall in. So Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot all fall in Tishrei. Traditionally, it is known as a month of preparation. This preparation, called Cheshbona Nefesh, of an accounting of your soul, is a time we begin to take an accounting of all the areas of our lives. Like our Torah portion, we too are faced with choices and the need to account for our actions. During the month of Elul, we recall our thoughts and actions over the past year and begin to seek Teshuvah, to seek repentance for those things and with those who we may have wronged. In recognition of this special month and in anticipation for the upcoming High Holidays, there are a few additions that are added to our daily prayers. One of the most noticeable is the sounding of the shofar every morning. So traditionally, except on Shabbat, when we don't sound the shofar, if you were to go to a morning minion at one of the synagogues, at the end of the morning service during this month, beginning tomorrow, you would hear the shofar blasted. Traditionally, we Jews only blow the shofar during one period of the year. Every morning of the month of Elul leading up to and on Rosh Hashanah, and at the Ne'ilah, the closing service for Yom Kippur. The reason is because of the specialness of blowing the shofar. Jewish tradition teaches that there is something spiritual and mystical about the sound of the shofar itself. According to the Talmud, in Masechet Rosh Hashanah, Rabbi Abahu asks, why do we sound the horn of a ram on Rosh Hashanah? Why is traditionally the most common used uh, thing from an animal to make a shofar from a ram? The answer, according to the Talmud, is because the Holy One, blessed be he, said, blow me a ram's horn that I may remember unto you the binding of Isaac, the son of Abraham, and I shall account it unto you for a binding of yourselves before me. So God says, or at least according to the Talmud, one of the answers, it's not biblical, but one of the answers is the reason why we use a ram's horn is because when we sound the shofar, right? God hears it. And what does he hear? He hears Isaac. And he sees Isaac. And all the descendants of the Jewish people that would come afterwards. And he, that same mercy that he had on Isaac, that he has on us, on Rosh Hashanah. For us Jews, the sounding of the shofar is not meant to be a quaint traditional practice, but it's a spiritual wake-up call. As the Rambam, also known as Maimonides, points out, it is meant to rouse the slumberers from their sleep. Another familiar addition that you'll start seeing next week at our service is Psalm 27, the psalm associated with the high holidays. Psalm 27 is added to all of the services beginning with the first day of Elul and continuing through Rosh Hashanah, I'm sorry, through Hoshana Rabbah at the end of Sukkot. In some congregations, it's only through Yom Kippur. How are we to understand this preparation period of Elul? So you've heard this before, that the rabbis say that the Elul, this Hebrew word, is actually an acronym, right? 
So I, I was going to make a slide so you can see it, because that would be more helpful. But it's four letters, Aleph, Lamed, Vav, Lamed. And the rabbis say that each one of those letters really is an acronym for Ani Lidodi Vidodi Li. I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. A familiar phrase taken from Song of Songs 6.3. The illustration of Elul in Jewish thought is like the preparation before a wedding. That all of the work that we put into in order to have that spiritual and emotional and physical encounter is the same thing that we're doing in leading up to the high holidays. We're preparing to meet with the groom, right? The, the holidays in Hebrew are called mo'edim, set-appointed times when God chooses to meet with us. It's interesting that the word mo'edim doesn't mean holidays like the word holidays in English does. Actually, holidays comes from holy days, right? The word mo'ed is like an appointment. It's not the exact same word in modern Hebrew that you would use to write an appointment in your calendar, but it's the same word. It's the idea that if I have a specific date that is set that I need to appear at, that is a mo'ed. It's an appointed time when God says, these are the times that uh, I have cleared my calendar. Of course, all of us can, can meet up any time we want with God. When I'm walking down the aisles around here or hanging out, we can talk anytime we want. But you know what? If you actually call the office and set up a time specifically during the week to meet, you're going to have my undivided attention. On Shabbat, it's a little different. There's a lot going on. And right in the middle of our conversation, I have to go chase Gilad because, you know, <laughs> him and some other kids are getting into some kind of mishigas in the hallway, right? So I'm not saying God gets distracted like that. But the point is, there's an idea when God says, I'm going to clear my calendar, and on these moedim, you have my undivided attention. It's just you and me during this time. Hashem desires that we should be caught up in a love affair with him. As Abraham Joshua Heschel points out, God is in pursuit of a relationship with us. According to Heschel, we always think that we're the ones who are pursuing God, but it's really God who has been in pursuit of us ever since the beginning. When we fell, what is it that God says? It's a question to us. After we ate of the fruit, God says, Ayeka, where are you? But it's not a question, as I've mentioned before, of geographic location, right? God knows where they were. He said, where are you in proximity to me? Where are you in our relationship? Where are you? What happened that took you away from the type of relationship that we just had? God desires communion with creation, and the high holidays are set times which God clears away his calendar and chooses to spend an even greater amount of time with us. Although we can meet with God any time, as I mentioned a moment ago, the Moedim are specific and special times. The high holidays are also when many believe that the Mashiach will return at the final blast of the shofar. As such, the high holidays will inaugurate the final consummation at the end of the age when the groom returns for his bride and ushers in that messianic age. That love that, love that God has for us and us for God is that picture of Elul. It is preparation not just for some holiday, 
It is a preparation time to meet with the creator of the universe, the one who created each one of us, the one who said that the world needed you. Elul is also our preparation for the coming of Mashiach and a preparation for the marriage supper of the Lamb, as we see in Revelation 19. As such, it is time to make things right before we stand before God on the high holidays. So what do we need to do? I want to encourage, and whenever I say you, I mean me also, I want to encourage us to do three things. Number one, cheshbona nefesh, to take an accounting of our soul. I want you to begin in this next, this next 30-ish days to begin to think through your shortcomings. What traps in your life keep you from being the kind of person you want to be? What are the things that you've kind of fallen to? And what are the things that you always keep falling into? And what are ways that you can begin to curb that? The second thing is I want you to do teshuva. I mentioned last week that the word teshuva from the Hebrew word shuv means what? Does anybody remember? It means to turn, right? The idea of teshuva is what is sin? Really, the word chet in Hebrew just means anything that separates you from God. Anything that you are doing that keeps you from having the type of encounter with God that God wants you to have, right? We often give the word sin much more power than it really has. Like, the, I'm not saying that it's, it doesn't have that, but it's the idea is it's anything that draws us away from God. And what God says is that direction that you're going, which is your natural tendency, Teshuvah is to go the other way, to go back in the direction of God. As God has been doing since creation, calling us back to him, that after we fell, God is constantly pursuing us. So that's what we need to do. We need to return. Teshuvah really means return. We need to return and seek forgiveness, not only from God, but from those around us. I've mentioned before that traditionally on Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the year, the day of atonement, that traditionally the day of atonement only atones for those sins between you and God. They don't atone for the sins that you have committed against one another. So the rabbis traditionally say that during this month of Elul, this is the time that we need to be going to one another, not in just a casual, oh, you know, I need to do my duty, so if there's anything that I've done, you know, that has offended you in the last year, I, you know, I, I hope you forgive me. Not that I actually did anything wrong, but, you know. <laughs> Instead, this is what Yeshua really meant. If you've come all the way to Jerusalem and you've paid for your offerings or sacrifices, you've stood in line all day, and by the time you get up to the, to the Kohen who's ready to take your sacrifice and do the work for you, Yeshua says, if you have discovered at any point in that time even if you've stood in line all day that there is someone who has something against you, leave your offering where it is. Go make things right first with those who have something against you and then come back and offer it before God. What Yeshua is saying is the same thing the Jewish tradition has said all along, that in order for God to forgive us, we need to be able to forgive one another. Because if we're not willing to forgive then how can we expect God to forgive us? 
It's like we've been talking about over and over the last year, that everything boils down to two things, our love for God, our love for one another. According to the Bible, you cannot treat people like garbage and expect your relationship with God to be okay. Anybody who treats people like garbage and then goes around thinking they're all so holy is called what? A hypocrite. I'm not saying we're perfect, right? (laughs) But this is the way that Yeshua says we're supposed to conduct our lives. Our love for God, our love for one another, the rest is commentary, right? It's all the details for how to do that. The final thing is to be in prayer. This is the season to be crying out to Hashem. It's interesting that all the readings of the Torah service on Rosh Hashanah are all about those who cried out to God in desperation and God rejected them. No, that's not what it says. It's God heard their prayers. The Torah portion on Rosh Hashanah is about Sarah who so desperately wanted to have a baby and in her own power, she did everything that she could you know, in her own power and it didn't happen. But when she finally cried out to God and God heard her, he answered her prayer. The Haftarah that day is Hannah, who also so desperately wanted to have a child that it says when she was praying before God, the high priest Eli thought, she's crazy. Like, who is this woman? She's drunk. She said, I'm not drunk. I just so desperately want my prayer to be answered. And guess what? God heard her prayer. The question is how desperate we want to have an engagement, an encounter with God that is not like your typical year. As I've said before, I don't want to just go through the motions and just go through another holiday. I want this to be a special encounter that we do have with God. So these are the three things that all of us really need to be seeking in this next month the month of Elul, cheshbona nefesh, to really take an accounting of our soul and to deal with those things that we need to deal with and including digging into those places we don't want anybody else to see. We need to do teshuva as the second thing. We need to finally return to God, to step away from those things that we keep falling into and repent. The final thing is to be in prayer for this to be the season for crying out to God for a breakthrough. If you need a breakthrough, no matter what it is, this is the season, this is the time. I hope we're ready for the month of Elul and all that it brings. L'shana tovatikatevu, may you be inscribed for a sweet new year. Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King. As we prepare ourselves for the high holidays, and to meet with you. I pray that you would do something very powerful within us this year. As a community, as individuals, as a people, as a world, that there are so many ways that we need redemption, that we need your deliverance. God, I pray that this would be a year that not only we would see amazing breakthroughs for people in this congregation, but that we would see our own congregation have a breakthrough as well. That this would be a year of provision, 
that this would be a year of blessing, a breakthrough of God doing wonderful things in us and through us. But it'll only happen if we do the work in order to make it happen. That we got to do our part so that God can do God's part. So please, God, help us to be willing to do that. Give us the strength to do a deep cheshbona nefesh, a deep accounting of our souls. And as we do that, to do true teshuva, to actually return, to turn from the, the ways in which we want to go into the direction that you would have us go, to return to you in that relationship that we had at the beginning. And may we be in prayer to call out for God. Because as we pray over and over and over again in the high holiday liturgy, the prayers that God is always open and willing to hear the prayers of the righteous. Bless us, our Father, all of us as one, but in the light of your countenance and the light of your Son. We pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. So please rise for the Elenu.